the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader around to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. This is the show that's happy to tell Sky Sports, leave Boxing Day alone. There's nothing else to do. But of course, it's also FA Cup weekend, so let the memories commence. It's a proud Nat Lofthouse who receives the precious trophy from Prince Philip. For not only has Nat skippered the winning team, but he scored both goals himself. Still, he'd be the first to admit that it was brilliant teamwork that did. McKinley, from away from Diarnaby, Walker is free, and has scored! He doesn't often score with his head, he made no mistake then. Well, Cliff Cross, and a really very, very good goal by Julian Derby. The most muddied man around is the scorer of the first goal. Kevin Davis with the lead, and Chung Young Lee! surely win it for Bolton. An incredible cup tie. Is that the final twist? Birmingham 2, Bolton 3. Poor clearance there, and McKinley's in. Bolton take the lead again. Seaman beaten from close range by John McGinley as Arsenal stood and watched. Doing the different thing, they were calling the other way. The goalkeeper coming again. Grease a shot and in by Gary Jones. Unbelievable mess up for Newcastle. And as for United, runners up for the second consecutive year. Hard luck, but it was a gallant fight. But before we go into FA Cup mode, I suppose I better drag you all back down to earth. And to help me dig this eternal pit of hell and despair, it's Mr. Henry Hewitt. Henry, how goes you? Uh, I'm very good now after hearing now. I think we're going to win the FA Cup, Mark. What a montage. <laughs> yes. Well, look, I had to brighten the mood somehow because it's been a weird week. We've just been discussing it on off air that it, it was such a strange weekend, really. After, after two emotional roller coasters, beat Burton, beat Accrington, last minute goals, everything was, was coming up roses. It just, it, it was like a big frying pan in the face in a cartoon. Yeah, it was such a weird game, wasn't it? Because I don't necessarily think Oxford deserved to win the game. Not a free one anyway. I think we've had, we've had games this season with a lot more chances in it and we've not scored. So, yeah, to, you know, leaving the game the other day, it was just a, it was just very odd because, you know, we didn't play great, but we didn't deserve to lose 3-1, not in my opinion, anyway. It was a strange one. I mean, if if you look at the, the Josh Sheehan chance, for example, um, and I, I spoke to him uh, yesterday. We were recording this on Thursday morning. I spoke to him on Wednesday and, and he said, oh, you know, I should have scored that. He said, I made too much of a, a decent connection and ended up, it went straight down the middle. The keeper got it away with his legs. If that goes in, I think the, the the whole atmosphere changes, the the mood of the game changes at that point in time. Um, but they just never really seem to build up ahead of steam, Bolton, for me. They were kind of ticking along. But Oxford seemed to just, it was like rope-a-dope. They were just kind of just absorbing everything they had and, and just hitting back. And, and they timed their goals so well. They did, yeah, because I, I genuinely think if, if they hadn't got that third goal, uh, even at that time, I, I genuinely think we would have got a second. You know, we were getting a bit of, uh, you know, we were, um, we were getting going a little bit. I know uh, Charles had, had a, a chance, Gazza-esque, where he just missed out um, <laughs> when, uh, you know, just after his goal. And, yeah, it, it looked like we were we were going to do it again. And then that goal, um, the, the, the way the goal went in as well, it just killed all momentum, and the the crowd then just dropped. And um, yeah, it was uh, it it were disappointing goals to concede because you know I think the first one was scrappy, the second one was a great finish, but he's been given the freedom of Middlebrook in the middle, and uh, and the last goal was whether it was a foul on Trafford or not, it was again very very scrappy to go in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get into the maybe the nitty-gritty and a few of the, the comments made by managers and players afterwards, I'm sure. But I think it's it's important probably to, to say what did go wrong. And 
a lot of talk at the minute about the formation, whether three four one two is the right way to go. A lot, obviously, on, on Dapo Afalina's left wing-back. Um, weirdly, which has been kind of mirrored in the Premier League as well, because they're talking about Raheem Sterling playing the same kind of position for Chelsea and, and not enjoying it. I think this is the first time I've seen Dapo playing that position and not not look like he was having a go at it. He, he had a, a very, uh, very flat game, really, uh, for, for what he played. Mm. Um, so I, I think there's, there's probably a lot, of, a lot of thinking time now for Ian Ever, isn't there? There is, yeah, and luckily November is a very quiet month for us. I know we we are playing every Saturday, but uh, you know we're not playing any Tuesday matches. Um, you know it's going to be a very strange month anyway because all eyes are really on the World Cup. So uh, Bolton becomes second nature. So I think that's where he can try new things and get away with a bit more. Because I was I was thinking about it the other day that at the end of November, because we only played two uh, league games we're still going to be in the playoff picture. You know, we're still sixth, so we're going to be at least four points off six, uh, worst-case scenario, um, at the end of November. So it is, it's going to be a very quiet month where hopefully we can kind of um, work things out a little bit because, as, it, as he said afterwards, we, I remember when we were talking uh, after the uh, September and we were talking about how many points are we going to get and it was... It was all very positive. We, I even said, I think we're going to get 18 points, but we've mm. only ended up with seven. The weird thing is, and I was having a conversation with, with another Wanderers fan up at Middlebrook on Wednesday and, and talking about why, yeah, he, was, he was saying, why, why are they playing Dapo offline left back? Why are they playing three at the back? It's obvious that you need to go to a four and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, I stopped him and I said, look, no, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying because obviously everybody's got a view on, on which formation they prefer or, or which would, which one would, would work best in this scenario. But in my opinion, you have to kind of play the game according to which players are in form. You know, make sure that they be bringing the best out of them. Now, I'm looking down one to eleven. I think the club put out a, a player of the year, a player of the year, player of the month thing the other day, and it was like, well, who's who's really been there? James Trafford, for me, is the only one that's consistently done his job, and and it's very rare you can point to him and say you've not done well. But I think from one to eleven, it's very inconsistent at the minute, and that's you know they're still sick, they're still ticking along, but. It's got to be a concern that they've got nobody in good form. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I know the strikers have been, you know, if you count the Burton game, Oxford, and then Dapos against uh, Accrington, our strikers have actually scored uh, our last four goals. But yeah, they're just a bit off the boil a little bit. Um, it seemed on Saturday that no one wanted to have a shot in the first half. It was mm. all very. Uh, you know, passing the ball around, which ironically did create the chance for Sheehan, but it just didn't didn't work out. Um, yeah, I, it's it, yeah, it's it's just a very strange one because I think the expectation is higher this year. The, the we expect more from the players, yet we're sixth and people are disappointed. It's you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't be disappointed because the way we've played recently, yeah, even the manager said it's not good enough. But we are still sick, so it's this very weird time for Bolton that um, if you offered us six at the start of the season, we would be very happy. But at the moment, it's uh, it's yeah, it's um, it's not quite working out. It's it's a strange one as well. I I, I think I mean you you've got to be a little careful with how much importance you attach to social media and to who's saying what on Twitter and what have you because. It, you know they tend to uh, to, to be a, a kind of a, a microcosm, a, a small kind of a, a section of the fan base. It's certainly not entirely representative of, of the whole fan base, but there seems to be a growing number of people who are looking at it and 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 pinning anything that is going wrong specifically on the manager, and also asking and calling for him to be culpable or to, to basically every time a team every time his team loses a game come out and list off the mistakes he's made and I, that doesn't sit particularly well with me but as a Bolton fan you know would you have felt better after the final whistle if he never came out and said listen that's all on me I played the right uh, I played the wrong shape and and we'll move on do you think the whole thing would have disappeared um no not really because I mean people love a moan anyway so they'd moan about probably him coming out and doing that 
Um, you know, he has, he's got to, yeah, he's got to protect his, um, you know, he's got to protect his players. I'm sure in, you know, in house, we've seen when they did that documentary in the league two season. Now we, I think we were winning one nil against Stevenage and he was laying into him saying it wasn't good enough. Mm. So you, he has very high standards and you expect that he will be drumming that into the players. But, you know, public, you know, he, he can't really come out and just say, oh, I think this, you know, I, I, I take responsibility for this because he's got to look out for himself. Mm. But, um, He's he probably feels that he's probably having sleepless nights at the moment, despite the fact that we're sick. So for me personally, it, it doesn't really matter uh, that he hasn't come out and said, "Oh, it's my fault." Because as well, you know, with the formation, he believes in the formation that he plays. That's how they set up. That's how they they train. It's good that we've got a plan B, but um, you know, maybe he looks at that and goes, "Well, my plan B is more of attacking uh, formation." You know what do you do if you start with that and it's still it's not working? It's still nil nil with ten minutes to go. You can't really go back to the first one because that's more of a say a defensive um, formation. So he's going to stick with it and then they go right. Well, we've got a plan B for when we need a goal. We can go and uh, push forward. Yeah, I mean uh, the whole plan B notion. I've had this out a few times on on social media this week. I mean he does play it, it it within the game. There are two two different versions of the team. They they move quite quickly between the two of them as well. They they do move to a back four and they do play a back three within the game. And I mean, it, it would be, I would need an entirely different member of staff to sit there and start logging formation changes if I were to be mentioned in every single one of them. It's, mm-hmm. it's practically impossible, but they do. Depending on the circumstances of the game, depending on where the space is, etc. It's, it's very much like a chess match. It's quite a... I'd love to be one of those athletic journalists that doesn't have a match report or a live blog or anything like that to do. Just sit there, arms like, you know, cigar and uh, and, and watching. You can't smoke a cigar anymore. I'm well aware of that. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, feet up and like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to appreciate the nuances of the tactics here and, and, and to have that sort of space to be able to watch and see the way that uh, the game ebbs and flows and, and looking at the formations because it's it's such a lazy criticism to say no plan B. When within within Plan B, there is like Plan B one, B two, and B three. It's 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 so much more. There's so many more uh, facets uh, to, uh, to to the to the way that they set up than I think possibly some people realise or w- are willing to admit. Um, yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> as we go back to the point made before, you, you're picking your eleven players, regardless of what shape they're in he needs to pick the 11 players who are going to do a job for him. And I think it is fair criticism to say that there are a couple of lads there that are getting picked very regularly and are just hitting a plateau, if not dipping in form at the wrong time. Um, You know, I'm not digging anybody out, but you you kind of NJ Williams, Gethin Jones, uh, Jono had a bit of a wobble, Uh, you know, Dion Charles and and the other strikers, basically the collective strikers have, have not had a great month. So, yeah, it's it's not been it's not been a particularly consistent time. They they've got to get through it. I'm sure, you know, I'm hoping fingers crossed they they get to that stage where they get that consistency and we're we're talking in glowing terms about them again, but it is it's a struggle at the minute. Yeah, it is. And um you know, you you're going to you for me leaving the ground the other day, it kind of um I I was kind of I was disappointed, but a bit relaxed, knowing that actually teams go. If we're going to finish in the playoffs, there's no team finishes in the playoffs and doesn't have a bad result mm. at home. Every team does. If you know, if you look back, I mean, Sunderland got beat six nil to to us um, last season and got promoted. You know, like every team goes through that. So yeah, we we're not going to win every game. We're not going to win every game at home. It's just one of those things. But, you know, I, I do still believe that we're going to finish in the top six because I'll look at the teams around us and, um, you know, there's only really Derby who I, I, I worry that are going to get in over us. But everyone else, I think, no, we're better than them. So we're going to, well, at the very least, finish seventh, I guess. Yeah, I think also the, the top two stretching away the way they have. Certainly Plymouth, and you've got to take your cap off to the way they're playing at the minute. But they did very similar last season. They were up there with Wigan at this sort of kind of stage of the season um, and they dropped away badly and had a few injuries. Their squad isn't as deep 
as Bolton's, in my opinion, and, and Sheffield Wednesdays and, and a, a few others, Peterborough as well. Um, you know, they've, they've, they're well catered for because they've kept the, the club, uh, the squad that came down from the championship. Um, so, yeah, I think there are probably better equipped teams up there. But if they, if they don't get those injuries, then they've obviously done themselves a, a fantastic start. So just seeing those guys stretch away, I think, has, has made people a little bit skittish beneath us. Because now you're talking about rather than it being maybe six places to aim at, you're talking about four and, and the the window closes a little bit. But uh, having said all that, Henry, is this is this a good weekend to be talking about the FA Cup, do you think? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm quite confident going into it. Um, I think we're gonna, uh, we I think we're gonna win. I would, I hope we don't get a replay. Uh, to be honest, not especially as much as me, mate. Not as much as me. <laughs> <laughs> especially because we've got to play Barnsley. That'd be, you know, we've got to play him again in January. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I am quite confident we'll uh, we'll win the game. And uh, you know, I think uh, having. You know, we've not really done that well, have we, in the FA Cup the last few years? So hopefully we can um, we can get a bit of a run together. Get it, it was nice to play Villa at home. Hopefully we can get another Premier League side along the way and and uh, get on TV and um, and yeah, it all starts from uh, you know from Saturday. But you know, I think it is it's a nice distraction. It you know it is. I think uh, this month, as I said before, it's going to be nice and it's quieter. Hopefully we've got four games. You know, if we if we win. Um, we play round two at the end of November, so uh, so yeah. Hopefully we can, um, you know, it might be good as well. I, I know we've got a good home form in the league, but it might be good as well that we're actually not got a league game at home until December now. You know, just to sort of settle things down a little bit and and get away from the. I'm not saying that at, at, on Saturday it was a particularly bad atmosphere, but maybe it's just good to just get away a little bit if you get me. I get you, I get you, and now I'm going to be getting you to read out some headlines, because it's headlines time. Nice. News. It, we're starting, you know, basically it's, it's been a week of, um, you know, reacting to Saturday's game. Ian Everett said that Bolton are still naive. We hoped that they'd They'd broken away from that naivety uh, last season, but it looks like it's still crept in a little bit. Uh, George Johnson backed that up and said they need to get a bit more streetwise. Uh, do you agree? Because for me, going off the third goal in particular, there was only Trafford that was really surrounding the referee, in my mm. opinion. Mm. Um, whereas you look at other teams and I think the whole team would have been surrounding the referee and putting pressure on them. I, I think, and I made this point to great length in the the match report I, I did on Sunday, which was, it feels to me that Bolton Wanderers are too nice. They're too nice. Uh, you see a lot of teams, and you'll see another one, Barnsley, obviously uh, did their bit in the league game, um, and Peterborough, uh, you know, Cheltenham, even Forest Green, um, teams that. Fleetwood, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're nasty. They've got this kind of little grit about them. And you, you think, you know, it's, it's ugly when they do it against you um, or, or the gamesmanship and, and time wasting and slowing the game down, which is perfectly legal and perfectly allowed. But it's, it's those kind of those unspoken skills that get the job done. And it feels to me like as if, you know, Bolton are trying to win it in such a purist fashion that if they're not absolutely flying and, and blowing teams out the water, even within a game, you know, it's very rare that you'll see a kind of a, a, a seesaw game with Bolton. They either come back from behind and, you know, finish the game on an absolute high or they start brilliantly and then collapse. It's a very kind of streaky team, if you know what I mean. Um, and I, I, it feels to me like there's a little bit of mentality deficiency there. It, it, there's, there's something missing. Um, they're not they're not quite strong enough at the moment. And I don't know how you fix that within a season or whether or not that's just going to have to come in January when he never looks towards a transfer market. And I think inevitably now he will look towards the transfer market to to try and change something. But you know they are a, they are a young team. They are a young team. I can give give that because obviously you've got George Johnson, youngster, James Trafford, youngster, um, you know, Thomason, uh, Bradley. They're all kids. 
But unfortunately, you're asking them to do a real man's job this season. It's, it's fine saying in two or three years they'll have that mentality. That probably will happen, but that, it's not good enough for now. So, where am I going with this, you, you might ask. <laughs> um, mm. it's, it's basically, remember when Phil Parkinson brought in Carl Henry? And he yeah. made that immediate difference. I think at the minute that Bolton are missing that very strong leader, who's not necessarily the captain, and I'm not not that's not a slant on Ricardo Santos because I do think he leads by example, and I do think people look up to him because he's he's very good at his job. But I do think you just need that little bit of wiliness somewhere that isn't. This, I just can't see it anywhere on the park at the moment. No, well. Um... I noticed that David Stockdale, the Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper, was talking about specifically a moment at Bolton this week on a podcast uh, where he said that, yeah, he's he's not afraid to just uh, lie on the floor for 10 minutes and break up play. And I remember that time. And I think he, I think it was a, we had a shot and he just dived and then just stayed on the ground. Um, and, yeah, you know, is that within the ethics of football? No. But... He, as he said, you know, he wants to win the game, and it's it it helps that that uh, that situation. And do I think we have a player like that? No, I don't think we've got a player who is, you know, who is going to. If we're well, I, ironically considering the name of the podcast he was on, if we are under the cosh, oh. um, <laughs> we uh, we don't have that player who is going to just get on the, you know, just lie on the floor for five minutes and break it. Up. We saw against Barnsley, they had a whole team of doing them. Luke O'Connell, where he, he knew he was being subbed, so he walked to the middle part of the pitch, knowing that he's going to have to go, you know, it's going to take him a while. You know, those players that do have that about them is is annoying for the opposition, but you need them. So maybe if Ian ever does bring a player like that in, then we are going to start having, um, you know, it's going to influence more players. And I don't want us to become a side that is wasting time or going down injured or making it, you know, I, I, I like the fact that we have got a bit of niceness about us, but yeah, I agree with you. You do need that a bit of grit, especially when you're in a certain points of the game, uh, which we, we, you know, don't have because, um, you know, even in the first half when the guy chopped the Charles down and then didn't get booked, the whole team should be going around the referee and going like putting pressure on them to, to make that decision, um, and we just don't have that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just about the, the supposed dark arts. I think we get kind of lost in that, that conversation a little bit because, I mean, what you're suggesting there is is against the, the kind of the spirit and the rules of the game, and, and the, I agree that, yes, you do need a bit of that, and it, 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 all, it all helps, but I think it also helps when you've got somebody literally putting a foot in and making a mark and, and, and imposing themselves on a game. And that isn't happening either. I think, again, it's too nice. It's too passive. And if Bolton are not passing in beautiful triangles and, and, and making the pitch massive and, 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 you know, playing some cracking football, and you've got, to, you've got to accept that when they are playing well, they're playing very, very well. When they're not on it, they're horrid. And it's, it, unfortunately, sometimes you, you have to be able to win games when you're not playing well. And I think it takes a special sort of person. Now, I think there are there are a couple of players who are capable. I think Dion Charles has got that way about him. I think he, you know, he is he, he, he gnaws away and he, he rats away. He's not been in good form. Hopefully, that goal on Saturday will seem right. Dapo Afalayan is another one who can rub the opposition up the wrong way, and I think he's got that kind of that way that way about him to, to, to be able to draw free kicks and to win free kicks and that's you know that's the kind of thing we're talking about here again hasn't been informed because he hasn't really been playing in the team so unfortunately we've kind of morphed into this this regular lineup where they're all very good footballers but if it isn't going their way it really isn't going their way it's it's, it, it's either one way or they're a very sort of polarizing team yeah um yeah, you know, it's it's this comes back to the plan B, though, doesn't it? And people saying, well, we don't have a plan B or a plan C. I think, uh, you know, yeah, it's great to play the football we do. And when you're playing at home to Lincoln, for example, where you can get a goal in the first half, dominate, and then just have it be on easy street for the rest of the, the game, then great. You know, that's that it looks brilliant, it looks great, and we, we're scoring goals. And, 
uh, it's all good. But then when it doesn't quite work, like on Saturday, or we can see the scruffy goal, then, yeah, you've got to have that plan B or plan C to go, right, OK, this is a, a game where we need to we need to put our foot in. We need to, you know, because even a, a big tackle, it gets the crowd off the feet. You know, the crowd are very uh, subdued a little bit on uh, on Saturday. And as we've discussed before, in League One, unless we play in the likes of Derby or Sheffield Wednesday, the majority of teams are going to bring less than 500 mm. and they're going to be sat in the top tier. So it's not going to create an atmosphere. So the, the players do need to do it a little bit. And just a bit a good tackle or, um, you know, that good bit of play can get the fans off the feet. Right, well, let's move on. Let's have another headline. Uh, yeah, well, uh, funnily enough, it is about uh, what happened on Saturday. <laughs> Again, and uh, yeah, you never just been explaining these changes against Oxford uh, because you know I'm trying to get that high energy midfield, um, you know, and play through there because I thought there were a lot of space, and I think this probably meant it probably, you know, led to the game being a bit of a a lull, a bit of a weird game mm. that there was a lot of space in the midfield, um, you know. So is that why he made the changes to try and win that battle? I think the. The way that the game ebbed and flowed, it was very kind of basketball-esque, wasn't it? The, the whole thing is like one team would attack, be up, and everybody would be forward, and then it, it, it would spread out again. Um, so there was a lot of distance, as you say, between where the ball started and, and where the strikers were. And I think Bolton's problem at times was they tried to go too direct, and you're trying to play a, a ball up towards Kachunga or Charles, who are... Yeah, they're quite strong players, but they're against two pretty big centre halves, and so they were having quite an easy time of it. And I think, unfortunately, that's the way. You know, Bolton didn't really play through midfield. Whether that was a case of the midfielders not showing for it, or the midfielders not trusting themselves with it, I don't. I don't really know. You probably have to ask Ian Everett on that one. Um, but it seemed like there was a big void there, and he'd made the changes initially in midfield because he felt there was going to be a lot of running that needed to be done. That's where the game was going to get won in that in the the big hole that, that appeared in the middle of the pitch, um, and of course, as a result of making those changes, he's then open to the accusation of hang on a second, they won the last the, the last game. Why are we making four changes? And then, of course. You know, and it's not a new it's not a new accusation as far as Levin and he never is, is tinkering with the team and keeping things fresh in his mind. He's he's working off sports science data and saying, you know, this player isn't capable of playing X minutes. He's going to have to start on the bench, etc., etc. From a fan's point of view, you can very easily point and say, well, hang on a second, do we not need to keep some continuity in here and some momentum? So, I mean, from from your point of view, do you? Here, you know, four or five changes for a game like that, and think, ah, crap! Here we go again. Um, no, and again, it's it's it is a case that he can't do right for doing wrong. You know, a month ago we were talking about that he wasn't making any changes, and Dapo weren't in the team, and Marley and and these players, and people were saying, oh well, they should be playing. Um, and he wasn't making any changes. Now he makes five changes, and it's not the right decision. So, um, <laughs> but I do. Yeah, no, he can't. But I do agree with what you said there about, uh, you know, I felt, you know, Dion Charles and Kachunga, I think, well, mainly Dion Charles is, is very good at holding the ball. For someone who's quite small, he's very good at holding the ball up, using his body, winning free kicks. Kachunga is as well, but the I think the ball bounces off Kachunga a bit more than uh, than Charles. But he's also good winning free kicks, getting the, you know, using his body. Um, so it's, it wasn't, I could see why they were playing the longer balls. I think the, they were trying to get the passes to be not at head height, but more at chest height. But at the same time, when you looked at their defenders, when it was the land of the giants and they were just winning everything, then that's when you thought, okay, well, should, should he have started with, with Bod Varson or, um, well, I mean, Bakayoko was ill, wasn't he? But so, but Varson. So, if you're going to play like that, at least you've got someone up there who's physically able to put a battle into the head the ball. I don't know. And uh, ironically, it seemed that when Bod Varson came on, we played a bit more uh, the ball on the on the floor a bit more. Yeah, it was strange because you, you couldn't say that. I know there was a nice little purple. They made the changes. In fact, it, it, because of the five changes, that's another thing that. 
that this season people are still having to get their head around is the fact you can make five changes and change the shape, change the, the whole direction of your team so easily from the bench. And that's what kind of happened in that second half. But you can't say, other than that 10-minute spell around the goal, that, that Bolton played particularly well, regardless of what um, what kind of tactics they had on Saturday. So, uh, you know, it's, it, as we said at the top, He's got a lot. He's got a lot to think about. He's got a lot to think about, and I think it boils down to putting eleven players out there on the pitch that are in some semblance of form for me, um, because it's it, the minute it, it seems a little bit overthought at times for my liking. But shall we move on? Yeah, and uh, this is well. This story has dampened everyone's Christmas spirits already, and it's it's only November. <laughs> um, the, uh, the 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 fixed uh, computer has been disrupted by Sky once again, and um, you know as as great as it is that we're having matches on Sky, uh, not really. We didn't really want it at this one. Um, the derby match is on the twenty seventh now, which means we don't have a match on Boxing Day, and as a result of that, and how close matches are at, at Christmas time, it then results in us um, the next two matches being delayed by a day, which means Barnsley's now on the second of January. Mm. Um, yeah, very. I mean, where do you stand with this? Because obviously, it is a good. It's good that Bolton are on Sky. It's good that they've pinpointed Dar- the Derby game as a massive game, which it is. But I, I, for you, are you a bit disappointed? Are you a fan of, of traditional matches on on the Christmas dates? I, it's it's a weird one because actually, for the first time in my professional career, I won't have a game on Boxing Day or New Year's Day. I've I've never done that as a journalist. So in a weird way, it. In, in a very horrible and kind of uh, self-serving way, it probably does me a favour. But um, I can well appreciate that going to the Boxing Day game is very much a tradition for, for a lot of people. People, It's one of the first fixtures that people look out for when the, the fixtures come out of, of the June or July or whatever. Um, and people build their entire Christmases around it. And I'm, I'm sure... Uh, you've seen social media and some of the comments that have been made about people that have been working shifts and people that work in hospitality, which is really hard to get time off during that time of year. You know, policemen, nurses that have to do, you know, months in advance, these kind of plans, family birthdays. There's loads of reasons why this kind of thing really does rub people up the wrong way. Um, it's not Bolton Wanderers' fault. I'd say that straight from the off. It's it, they can't do a great deal about it. The only objections they can make is if there is some uh, safety or logistical reason why they can't have a, a fixture moved, um, and there isn't, unfortunately. Uh, so they were kind of hands are tied. The EFL uh, agreed a broadcasting rights deal with Sky, and that gives Sky ultimate control over this sort of thing. You know, you've got to dance with the devil, as it were, and. They get paid very handsomely to allow Sky to pick and choose these games. Um, it's been a while, though, hasn't it, since we've had a moan at Sky for changing a kickoff for Bolton? And and you know, I, I, as I put in a piece earlier today, if Bolton to get to where they want to be, if Bolton to get into the Premier League, for example, goodness me, we'll have some conversations like this. Yes, we will. Um, and for the time being, it's yeah, it is great that we majority of matches Saturday three o'clock. I know. That gets us into the conversation of whether every match should be available to watch mm. on iFollow uh, in the UK. But yeah, you, I mean, you have a point. But yeah, it's uh, it is disappointing. But it's unfortunately it's one of those things. And uh, and yeah, it's um, I, and for me, it's not not well. It is the derby game. I wanted it on Boxing Day, but it's uh, it is the, you know it's the the Barnsley one on New Year's Day as well. I know mm. it's a bank holiday still, but. You know, I think uh, it made me think, well, I've not had a look at the fixture list, but surely then because Derby's matches will be affected in a similar way. And then you've got Lincoln and whoever Derby play the game after, theirs will be affected. So uh, it's going to be half matches on New Year's and half matches on the second. And it's even if you, we've had it before where we've ended up playing Middlesbrough or Sunderland on Boxing Day or New Year's Day. So even if it's a game that you don't go to, you still want to be sat in front of the telly watching soccer Saturday or whatever it would be and uh, and seeing the goals come in, you know, and it's it's just a shame because it would be, it, it seems like that half the league will be split up. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. And uh, as I say, if 
if from a professional point of view, I have had to divorce myself from being the uh, Saturday football fan for quite a long time. So I don't have the same uh, touch points as you guys do as, as far as, you know, building up to a game and going and having a pint and all, you know, going home and all that kind of stuff. It It's not, it's not the same, but um, I can fully appreciate how inconvenient it is. I mean, it's, we're eight weeks out. You could argue they could have done it maybe earlier. I don't know, selected it earlier, but um, unfortunately, it comes down, it comes down to cash. Everything does in football, doesn't it? And that's uh, that's just the way things are at the moment. It is. And speaking of cash, the season tickets uh, are going to be out um, earlier again, like last year. I think it was February as well last year or yeah. March, and uh, they sold very well. season. And it looks like he's going to do it again. And uh, if Bolton have a good end to the season and we're successful getting the playoffs and get promoted, then uh, that could be a stroke of genius. But if we have a bad end to the season, it's uh, it might fall flat on the face. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Obviously, with February last year, they knew... Or I think there was a very strong inkling at that stage of the season that there was not going to be a promotion at the end of it. They, 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 they did quite well to try and go for it, but... I think everybody knew it's going to be League One football this time. They're a little bit closer, and you might just well be able to pick up a bargain. I think if uh, if they're going to be League One prices, I do wonder whether or not if they were to win the playoffs, let's say, um, whether or not they'd be kicking themselves for putting them out earlier. But that's the plan as it stands. It was very popular last year. You've got to take your cap off to the pricing uh, of the tickets under Football Ventures. It's well thought through. I think the. Um, I think the way that they're trying to bring in younger fans is really, really good. It seems to be working. The attendances this season have been excellent. At the moment, you know, they're on top of 18,000 fans. They've not managed that over the season since the first year they dropped out the Premier League, I think. So that's mm. the, the, the levels we're talking about now. I'm reading this morning, uh, the Supporters Trust put out that the primary schools, they're offering free family tickets to all primary schools around the borough. A third of all the primary schools have already taken up that offer, so hopefully, you know, the rest of them get involved as well. Because actually, doing that, and we we've moaned for so many years that Bolton are not doing enough to attract young fans, but they're doing everything humanly possible to do that at the moment. Um, it's really, really good to see, and so it's going to be a very interesting uh, pricing. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. I can't imagine they're going to ramp up prices in any way shape or form because they're still trying to build that fan base um but the fact that they're going early with it might mean you can get a, a bargain will you will you be going early henry uh well as we've discussed before on this podcast i tend to work tuesday nights so uh i'd end up missing a quarter of the games so i don't have a season <laughs> ticket uh my dad is um he won't mind me giving away his age he's in his early 60s so he i think he's going to wait until he becomes a pensioner to get one because it'd be even cheaper for him. Um, so I'll probably still be buying tickets on the day, which I know is uh, it has its uh, drawbacks. As uh, we've seen this week with the away tickets, that means that I don't have a chance when we play Fleetwood to get a ticket. But um, but that's the way it is. But I, if I was in a position to uh, get a season ticket, then yeah, I would definitely go early. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of the. Uh, of the cheaper offer and um, and it is a good deal you know it's uh, it's good football it's um, you know Bolton are playing well at the moment uh, on the whole and uh, and as well you know you it, okay it is League One it's not the Premier League but you get more matches it's more exciting because you turn up I, I often think imagine being a City season ticket holder and you you're disappointed <laughs> if you only win two nil yeah. you know you're going to watch a team where if we, we win two nil we're ecstatic so. Yeah. What do you make of the Fleetwood thing, by the way? I've noticed there's, there's been a bit of aggro um, on social media over the fact that some die-hard fans or some regular fans haven't necessarily got the uh, the draw. Maybe there should be a point system, people are suggesting, on, on away tickets. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do get that. Obviously, as I've, as I've just said, it, it's as a purely selfish point of view, I prefer that there isn't because I've got a better chance. Um you know, I've got a better chance, but uh, yeah, I, I I completely get it. You know, if you go to, you know, if you go into Plymouth and if you go into, well, you're going to go to Exeter, then um, you would be very upset if you miss out on a ticket for Fleetwood. Um, 
and the, the fact that nowadays when we're playing these type of teams they sell out in a day they sell out in half a day so if you have if you're at work and you've got a meeting or you're driving at 10 o'clock whenever they go on sale you you could actually miss out so uh, yeah I, I completely understand what people are saying with that come on then we've got one more Yes, the Supporters Trust. Uh, I remember this from a few years ago when they got this set up. Well, and it's the uh, the ACV on the stadium. Um, to my uneducated knowledge, that means that the Sharon Britain couldn't sell it without permission. I think maybe, um, but you'll know more than I. What what's all this about? Yes, the ACV. I, it, I, I, it gave me such nostalgia writing a story about an ACV. It just felt, oh yeah, I remember when this used to be the bread and butter. Uh, the, the backwards and forwards between he who shall not be named and the Sporters Trust. Uh, they're at it again. Obviously, five years it lasts. And so five on the fifth year, uh, they've reapplied to have the University of Bolton Stadium and uh, various land, not the hotel, but various land around the uh, stadium listed as an asset of community value. That means that it cannot be sold without being advertised. I, it can't be done under the table, secret sale type of job. Now, you only have to cast your glance in the direction of Derby or in Coventry or you know several other grounds around the Football League that have been sold to owners or owners' companies. I wouldn't say nefariously, but I would say un, an unpopular move. Um and I believe that would have happened to Bolton Wanderers had he, who shall not be named, had his way. Uh, you could have been playing, <laughs> could have been, uh, you know, the, the stadium could have been housing uh, concerts from Lee Anderson and the LA um, hmm. <laughs> to, uh, to packed houses, not. Um, so, yes, it, I think this is this is the point. It doesn't stop anybody selling the stadium if if that is something that football ventures ever wanted to do i don't think they will but it means that they have to publicize it they have to give the supporters trust time a certain amount of time to be able to manufacture a bid and then a certain amount of extra time to actually raise the money as well and it's a, it's a goodly chunk so it just means everything's legal and above board crucially uh when the Sporters Trust tried to do it back in 2017. Yes, 2017. Um, or end of 16. Uh, there was a huge objection, ended up going legal. They had hearings and all sorts of stuff. This time, Bolton Wanderers, they're not made any statements or anything, but they've just basically said, yeah, jobs are good and carry on. Uh, I know some of the local MPs have given their backing as well. Um, uh, Baroness Taylor... Uh, and uh, Baroness Morris as well, both given their their uh, thumbs up to it as well. So it's it's got the the requisite political weight behind it as well. Bolton Council now are just basically dotting eyes and crossing T's. So it should well be in place by December, and then everything's legal and above board again. Oh, good. Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of the positive things that Supporters Trust has done, and uh, and yeah, I think it's nice that we've got an ownership group who are. They're not opposed to that idea, who respect that, yeah, it is uh, in the community's um, interest to have the stadium hold football mm. and not impact that. Yeah, and also I will say, Sporters Trust, uh, I think more and more of the stuff that they're doing um, is is being proven to be pretty good. I think they've got good dialogue with the, with the club. They've obviously helped immensely with the fan zone coming up that's been a big 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 move there's lots and lots of stuff they're getting involved in this primary school tickets thing etc etc more and more the stuff they're doing i think is 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 moving in the right direction i think obviously they had to reposition themselves post he who shall not be named it wasn't necessarily a an going against the ownership they had to work with the ownership but i think the way that they've done that i think is very very positive i think they're starting to show uh you know real really lay down some good roots i think as a, as a positive influence around the club yeah yeah definitely it's um and the thing is as well with a supporters trust at any football club is that you you want to hear little bits like this of what they're doing but you don't want to hear from them too much you know, I think when you hear from them too much, that indicates that there's an issue somewhere sure, in, in the yeah. club. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to hear these little, just these little tidbits of uh, of news. 
Let's open the mailbag, hey? Is that Philip Moresh? Bit of uh, bit of postbag. Uh, I've got one what if to read out this week, and it's from Andy B in Bolton. Uh, dear Mark and Henry, want to add to your what if collection? Uh, can I take you back to April two thousand and seven? And with a few games left in the season, Bolton are about to qualify for the UEFA Cup for a second time. In my scenario. Former owner Eddie Davis has a change of heart. He guarantees Sam Allardyce some funds to spend the following season to create his squad that could challenge for the Premier League and Europe. Sam accepts the challenge. What happens next? Mm. What say you? Uh, yeah, well, um, we had a chat with him, didn't we, at that, uh, that do at Lancashire yeah. Cricket Ground where he, he sort of said, about uh, a few of the players that he was hoping to sign, and um, and yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, I think inevitably, so it would have at some point we would have all been worked out, and uh, Bolton wouldn't have been in Europe, and they would have dropped down the Premier League a little bit. I don't think we would ever have been relegated with Sam Allardyce, but I think uh, you know he does say that if he was backed, then he would have stayed, and he would have stayed for a long time. I think Sam, by the looks of it is I think he you know and even making the comment as he did at, at the time of the oh if, if he was called Sam Aladicio or whatever he would have been a, a you know in a top four job I think that was always his ambition um so I think he would have he would have left at some point but yeah I think he would have uh yeah we would have um stayed on and, and who knows we could have got into the Champions League and uh yeah it may, may have been a different story Going forward, you know, we might not have had the the um, the the issues financially that we ended up having. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think Sam. I think I would love I would love a scenario where he would have stayed at Bolton and then left for an England job at the right time, mm. and and maybe that would have worked out better. But I think looking at the team. I do wonder whether he'd taken it as far as it could go as in terms of its age. It was certainly getting towards the end of its shelf life in some respects. Uh, but mm. there were certain players, and uh, Bowen Jamali would be a really good example because he came under the auspices of playing for Sam and signed the contract. And obviously he did his cruciate and ended up playing for Gary Megson. Uh, well, not playing for Gary Megson, as the mm. case may be. But could you imagine a scenario where Sam has... has made a few changes over that summer, freshened up his squad, brought in a few younger players, and all of a sudden you've you've got uh you know a blurring Jamali in your midfield, it's a completely different kettle of fish. Um yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember which which players did he say he was gonna sign? I can't even remember now. Um I think you know, I think closer might have been one. I, I, I know there was the the rumours about Eto as well. So uh yeah that's uh that's a shame <laughs> with those two players, but um, uh, yeah, I I think when you look back at that squad, as great as it was, and we all, especially if you were lucky enough to be watching Bolton at that time, and I know we've we've also spoke about the uh, the younger generation of Bolton fans who their nostalgia is the uh, the the team languishing in the Championship <laughs> on Dougie Friedman, mm. um, but uh, yeah, it. it they weren't much of a sell-on value. You know, we got four million for Nolan, I guess, and then Anelka. But other than that, a lot of the players we didn't get much money for. So, yeah, you know, could you have rebuilt that squad? Would he have done it differently? Would he have, have made a, a a younger squad? Would he have changed like you know, Sir Alex rebranded a few times, didn't he? So, uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. But um, I, I would love to see that play out and see see what would have happened. But then again, probably I wouldn't have liked to have seen it because it would have shown that we were wrong at the time. Yeah, well, just financially, you wonder whether Eddie Davis would have been able to commit that for as long as he did. Actually, all that would have needed to be done was just to stay an extra year or two past what they did because they fell down, of course, out of the Premier League at exactly the wrong time because it's when the TV rights thing burst uh, and really did come to the, the fore and the the money went up exponentially after that, after a few years. And I think they could have been in the position that Burnley are in at the minute, where 
the, the club has managed to yo-yo and then stabilise and, and just accrue so much money that they, they were in an excellent position and paid for everything. Um, but, hey, you never know. You never know. But these what-ifs are really, really good. We love listening to them. Uh, so if you've got one um, or you've got anything else you want read out on the show, then follow these simple instructions. So you want to bring something up on the buff. Email Mark and Henry on the buffmail at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-B-U-F-F-M-A-I-L, all one word, at gmail.com. And sorry to the male escort who probably getting some unsolicited Bolton Wanderers correspondence from the people who spell that incorrectly. Right, Henry, do you fancy a game? Yes. Okay, uh, let's play a team of Nicky Hints. Do you want to play a game with no name? Do you want to play a game with no name? Maybe it's called Nicky Hint. Do you want to play a game with no name? Do you want to play a game with no name? Uh, yes, a team of Nicky Hints. We've actually had some better clues coming this week, and they're more cryptic. They're more cryptic, oh. so you might have to you might have to focus, Henry. You might have to get your thinking cap on if you'd like to place your thinking cap onto your head now. That'd be nice. Um, so we're going to test Henry's knowledge of Bolton Wanderers' goals by describing them in a cryptic fashion. We're not allowed to use the names of the players, not allowed to use the name of the teams or the stadium. It's all cryptic. It's all cryptic. And I'm going to start with the easier one, or I think it's the easier one. Um, and I've not put the names on there. I know the second one is from Simon, who does our music, but I can't remember who did this one. I do apologise to whoever sent this in. I owe you a shout-out. Right, Henry. Um, A free kick just inside the opponent's half is chipped forward by the Basque native with the big hair. His countryman makes a mess of it, allowing a sulky poacher from the other side of the Pyrenees the chance to Hmm. sweep past the diverse Rwandan. Well, that is uh, Nicholas Inelka against Manchester United. Oh, lovely, lovely. And do you know, the reason I picked this one out, I was looking at diverse for random phrases. I was thinking, what on earth is that? If you rearrange the letters, it's Edwin van der Sar. Ah, right, okay. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I love that, I love that. So whoever did do that, and I I apologise for forgetting your name, um, I will... uh, I want more of that. That's great. Um, so, this one's from Simon. And, yeah, this one's a tough one for you, I think. The away end, brackets, and many other parts of the ground are packed with wondrous fans listening, not radios. The player with a brutal name takes a free kick on the left. A player in red dragon shirt heads it clear. A wondrous player chases it back and puts in a half-hit uh, half ball, misheaded, then flicked on by the on-loan player of the month to a player who has arrived. He heads it on to the mighty left foot of the little maestro who smashes it past a fishy-sounding former wondrous keeper. Limbs and mayhem ensue for the rest of the game and a long time after. The fishy-sounding... So, I mean, I... I... I know who the fishy-sounding former Bondra's keeper is. If you get it off that bit alone, you are an absolute legend. Um, so if we break this down here, so it's the player with a brutal name, I think is the, the big key here. Uh, there's a lot of Wanderers fans around and they're, they're listening to uh, their radios because they might be interested in what's going on elsewhere, maybe. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I tell you what, break it down some more. I think I, I'm gonna have a guess, but yeah. So, so the on loan player of the month has flicked it on. Now, if you get that, you really are a legend. I mean, that's Simon Marlon desk knowledge. Um, to a player who arrived. Now, that really is a cryptic clue, um, but he's flicked it on to said player uh, who's uh, got a brutal name I'm going to have a guess and I'm going to it's purely guess it off two things the first one is trying to think back to a famous Bolton moment where um, if they're listening to results elsewhere mm. it's they must be going for promotion or staying up or something 
And then the second one, the brutal name, is because this guy has the same name as a uh, a former Leicester and Birmingham and Blackburn midfielder. Was it Robbie Savage against Wrexham? It was. Well done. Ah, well done. You got to, not bad, that's not bad. I wasn't even born when that goal went in. Uh, it, uh, to be fair, uh, if if you don't know that, you, you've got to take you've got to turn your Bolton Wanderers badge in, really, if you don't know that goal. So, just breaking it down then, uh, player with the brutal name, Robbie Savage, you got that. Player in Red Dragons shirt, obviously, is a Wrexham player. Um, the on-loan player of the month, oh, God, I, I mean, Simon did mention who that was, but I, I can't remember. The, the player who arrived is Mark Kame. How weird is that? Uh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. Is, that's, that's properly cryptic. Uh, and the fishy goalkeeper, Mike Salmon. Ah, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that one. If you'd have got Mark, if you'd have got any of that, Honestly, you could have just retired. It was uh, absolutely ridiculous. Right, it's Henry's favourite time of the week. Now it's time to check the Buff Fantasy League. Uh, yeah, rubbish week. I'm 37th now. I was 6th. If you just take October, I was 6th. So I think we we finished the game in October. That seems fair to me. Um, best team in October, by the way, was Alistair Walton's Bolton United. Uh, Alistair, if you get in touch with if you email us on the address we gave out before, we will send out a buff prize to you. Henry, you 185th in October, but overall... After 61 points this week, you are up marginally to 217th. Ah, there we go. The, the comeback is on. It is, yeah. So if you if you carry on at this rate, uh, by the 2038-39 season, you'll be in the top five. I can't wait. Haaland will still be scoring six goals again. 100%. 100%. Um, right, I did actually have the top five, but now it's just disappeared off my screen. Um, it, and uh, the top five is virtually unchanged, so we will uh, read that out next week. Let's have some predictions. Pass us my crystal ball. What's happening next week? Prediction time. FA Cup weekend. FA Cup weekend. I mean, I be struggling to say I'm well up for this one, Henry. It's, it's hard with the most romantic tie in the world. No, it's not. Um, it'd be nice seeing him wear the shirts, though. Hopefully, we can win wearing those shirts. A, a, yeah. a nil one will be a bit of a damp squib if it's uh, wearing those shirts. They also, hopefully, uh, I know they, they might, they, well, they won't do, but I hope they, they uh, play with that sort of old school brown football that they've they've been selling as well <laughs> i've actually um, I've, I've had one of them i've i've, I've been uh, lucky enough to to hold on them it looks really good really does look mm. good i don't think i'd fancy heading those laces though that they would leave a mark yeah no i don't fancy either um but uh yeah you know i i think it'd be nice to win i think a cup a cup run yeah it, it'd just be nice it, i think even though um you know, the FA Cup is not up there with our priorities this year. Obviously, try and get a, a big team at some point and get on telly is. But mm. um, I, I think it will be a shame, especially after the last few years. I, I would fancy a, just a, a cup run in the FA Cup. Um, it'll be a shame if we can't win the game and, and progress. But it will be tough. It'll be tough. Um, Barnsley, are, they are a good team. They've been hit and miss, I think, since they played us. But... Uh, yeah, it'd be a tough game. What uh, reception do you think Miluka Connell will be getting this time around? Uh, yeah, I think he'll get booed. I think um, I, I don't think there'll be. Well, there definitely won't be as many there as what was uh, in the league game. But yeah, I think he'll get he'll get a bit of stick. But um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he whether him and Everett can have a, a round two in the car park or whatever he suggested to him <laughs> last time. He didn't have a great game, Connell, last time. I- Look back at some of the stats from it, and he really he didn't really get into it at all. I know he had a couple of shots from distance. I think he was a little bit giddy, uh, potentially. But interesting to see whether or not any of that does affect him. He's only a young lad. Um, but I thought it was just so, such an odd bit of behaviour last time. After after having not had a, a thing said against him the entire game, he just turned into like an evil version of himself for the last five minutes. It was, it was weird, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see Luca again, um, he says, with uh, through gritted teeth. Um, do you think, prediction then, do you think we'll win? I hope so. I hope so. I think they're on a really bad run of first round exits in the cup and, and it, it kind of, it feels like a bit of an afterthought now. I think they, they got beat, Keith Hill's team got beat by Plymouth. Then Everett's team has been beaten by Crewe and then obviously by Stockport. So I think as a club, we are really overdue a run. I think Parkey took them to the third round, was it, last time with yeah. Crystal Palace? I think that's the, yeah. the last time anything of any description. And when we're talking about Crystal Palace being a big game nowadays, we need to really check ourselves a little bit at the door. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I, the romance... It's the the whole competition is in need of a little boost of romance, in my opinion, to try and because Bolton Wanderers' history in this competition deserves more. You know, this they they are one of the cornerstones of this competition as a as a founder member and all that. They played one hundred and thirty two times, I think, in the FA Cup, which is as uh, more than United, more than Arsenal, more than Liverpool, more than Everton. Uh, there's only a few clubs above them who have actually played in this competition more than Bolton Wanderers. So it really, it, it's overdue. So yes, I think they're going to squeeze through and I'm going to go for a George Johnson header to win it at the death. Yeah, um, I will take that. I'll, um, I, I still want our strikers to to start putting them in the back of the net. So yeah, if uh, I'll go for a, I'll go for a 2 now. You know, I'll join you on your George Johnston, but I'll also say that um, Kachunga will score. Oh, you get good odds on those two, my friend. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. Um, I, I, yeah, well, let's keep it positive. I, I really do want a cup run this year. Cup, I want, um, I want to beat Barnsley, and then second round, I want a, a non-league tie, wherever mm. it may be played. Um, in fact, it'd be nice to have a non-league tie somewhere I haven't been. That'd be wonderful. And then get get round to round three, Manchester United away. Bring it on. Yeah, no, I'll take that. I'll take that, definitely. Because it's like you said there about us dropping out of the Premier League at the wrong time. We did with that because we'd have beaten United at least four or five times in the last 10 years. Can you imagine the fun that Big Sam would have had against United in this, you know, in this era against... Against defenders of of their ilk at the moment, the Harry Maguires and such like of this world, it'd be ah, oh, be wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, anyway, um, right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be played out with a song, and it's gonna be a hark back to what we had earlier um, on uh, on Team of Nicky Hunts hints. Team of Nicky hints. Get, at least mm. get it right. If you're gonna give it a crap name, at least give it right. I'll say it's, it's, it's perfectly all right. Um, so yeah, uh, Simon has come up with a, a lovely uh, song based around that day at Wrexham. Um, but uh, are you going to be there Saturday, Henry? Are you going to uh, come and come and give it a watch with the with the Barnsley supporting family, or are you going to uh, do whatever Barnsley supporting families do? <laughs> whatever that is. Um, yeah, no, I, w- I will be going. Um, and just to remind everyone, it's at two o'clock, not three o'clock. Don't be turning up at half time. Um, <laughs> Oh, so, you uh, just reminded me. Oh, I mean, I, 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 prob- <laughs> I probably would. I probably would have been there anyway in plenty of time. But I had. I, I'm going to have to start writing that in my stories as well, aren't I? Jesus, All right? Yeah. Remember, it's two o'clock, folks. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, two o'clock. It'd be two o'clock till four. That'd be nice. The you know just to get out in time for the snooker. Um. Yeah. It's. Uh, I will be there. Yeah. Yeah. I, to be. I just got this vision of like the football crowd pouring out, and then, then the snooker fans are coming the other way, all, all doused up with Werther's originals and little snoods and sleeping jackets that they have to sit on the front row of the snooker. The, uh, the 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 clash of cultures would be great. Yeah, uh, especially with uh, those from South Yorkshire coming out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, uh, so I'm going to bring you Simon Wood's song to play us out, but until next week, I've been Mark Alex Higgins-Isles. And I've been Henry uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan-Hewitt. 
And that was a bit Route 1. I can't name many players. <laughs> it's still been the buff. Cross back in, headed on, time stood still, 